Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to the Dabblers Book Club. This is the podcast for people who've never read Chaucer and probably never will. I'm Curtis. And I'm Hadja. Hi Hadja. Hello Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again. Hi Hadja. Um, how are you? I'm very good. Um, summer. It is. It feels like summer even though we're locked down but we've, we've been for a summer evening walk. Yeah, it's not really locked down is it at the moment? It's just everyone go to the park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, we're cracking on aren't we? I am. I am waiting for like restaurants and bars and, and cafes to reopen i think i'll be happy when that happens because mm, you don't drink if there's no pub to go to <laughs> lols low blow god low that blow. sounded almost like a bitchy uh, girlfriend it, was. Comment. it, it really was a bitchy was comment. i was trying to be funny but every time i try to be funny i realize i just sound really nasty cruel. yeah i do yeah. um so hadja is is dry at the <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> it's not that much of a couple's podcast, Curtis. I am not drinking alcohol at the moment. And and I am. Fucking idiot. <laughs> right, well, there's the tone. Now dig about three feet underneath that and you've got where we are tonight. Well, we're in a better mood than last time. Last time it was oh, that was the morning, wasn't it? Yeah. So everything sort of went wrong, whereas we've we've had a full day. We're sort of in between feeling energised and ready to sleep. So I don't feel tired. I feel content with the day yeah. i've had a cracking day to be fair the last couple of days you've been very productive up at six thirty, smashing out two thousand words before 11 o'clock mm. um, very very impressed i just did my job and in, in the usual hours yeah and today was fine you know nothing to write home about um should we talk about a book which i believe is the purpose of this podcast um, yes so i finished reading it 15 minutes ago um and we've jumped into the the pod booth. Yeah. Um, so well, what did we read this time? So this week we read Come Again, which is the debut novel uh, from Robert Webb. He had a memoir out a year or two ago. We actually went to see him, didn't we? Um, Waterstones Foils, one of those. It was Foils. It was the one down the end of Denmark Street, just along from Tottenham Court Road. Right. Well, we went there, didn't we? We saw his book talk, yeah. But we didn't actually read the book. The we didn't read that book. book. No, but I, we, we, I mean, we with quite Robert Webb sort of well you love Peep I like show. so I yeah so disclaimer <laughs> I love Peep show Mitchell and Webb look I I, I think Robert Webb is 
He's great, isn't he? He's very funny, yeah. He's, he's a great. great speaker as well, isn't he, when we saw him. He seems like a very... He seems like a really together, really nice guy. So, yeah, sort of quite self-aware, um, you know, speaks to, you know, speaks a lot of the sort of privilege he knows he has and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he seems quite... And actually, Robert Webb, uh, when I was 19, 20, I was at King's Cross Station and I saw him mm. and my younger brother like you absolutely loves peep show mm -hmm. and i thought you know what i'm not gonna see him again so i walked up to him uh, on the platform and i said oh could i could i get your autograph for my brother please and he gave it to me so uh, my yeah. brother still has it i think a scrap of paper with uh so he, he did yeah it was lovely did very, you know why nice. that's actually interesting um because I, I following him on twitter over the years i i do remember incidents where He's kind of called people out. Mm. Like, I've got the impression that he's not that much of a fan of being approached. And obviously, your no, yeah. experience was fine. But I definitely, more than one time, someone sort of tweeted him. In fact, I vividly remember a particular time somebody tweeted him saying, oh, thanks for the autograph today. Shame you couldn't be bothered to pose for a photo. Oh, God. And, and he actually tweeted back. twat. Basically going, yeah, I was running for a train. Like, but, but, I, no, by, by twat, I mean the person saying, sorry, you couldn't, like, yeah, 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 yeah totally, I don't mean him. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and 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 Robert Webb like kind of went back from going. Look, I'm, I obliged you with an autograph. I said yeah. I'm really sorry. I've got to get my train. And I think, that, and there was, and I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but somebody also tweeted him another time, um, or I think they tweeted. But I like him. that it's at train stations though. He's clearly just yeah. <laughs> well, this this and then this other time he'd like been in the pub and someone had like gone, oh, just seen at Robert Webb in whatever pub in mm. North London. Um, and he'd tweet back going, yeah, that's really fucking weird. You'd like tweet that. What well, I'm still here if you want to come back. Anyway, I just get the impression that he's not a, the biggest fan of being. No. I mean, that's I mean, just a I couple think, of examples. Well, yeah, he has, um, he has boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's nice to hear that he was okay with you. Oh, it was lovely. But it was years ago. And I was, you know, a young 19-year-old. Um, I don't mean that in a he would have been, oh, yeah, girls, that's my autograph. I meant more... Um, I wasn't trying to take his time. Mm. I was just, I, and genuinely, um, the reason I wanted his autograph was not for me. It wasn't to say I've met Robert Webb. It was yeah, genuinely for, for, for my brother because yeah. I was like, oh, I just, I want to do this for him. And mm. if I don't say, I, you know, I, I, yeah. it wasn't about. Anyway, it, it is really weird actually going up to fame because I've I met a lot of famous. We'll people talk about the book soon. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, it's it's weird, like the notion of going up to famous people because I feel like I've met quite a lot of famous people over the years mm. some incidental some you know through through work um but but i got really put off it when i was at, like in my early 20s at uni mm. and i met graham coxon oh, yeah. who was like my guitar guru at the time outside the dublin castle and he was yeah. just having a fag he was like your god wasn't he uh, yeah and he, he i asked him for a photo and he basically told me to do one like oh. he wasn't polite at all about it and it really bummed me out and to be fair he's in totally within yeah, his rights enough, to say yeah. no he could have been politer about it but totally within his right to say no but I remember it just like I couldn't listen to his music for ages. I was Aww. really gutted by it. Um, but then I did get to a certain age where I'm like, well, even if I'm impressed by someone, I'm walking past. Like I walked past Ronnie Wood from the Stones and I just went, let him live his life. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to live mine and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all ego, isn't it? Like if you're getting a photograph with someone, all you're trying to do is tell someone, look, I got like it's kind of doesn't mean anything. Mm. Unless there's someone to tell that story to. You know yeah, what I mean? Unless there's yeah. someone to show that photo to. It's literally not about valuing mm. that moment. 
um it's oh i need something to show for this uh yeah and it can anyway yeah but he was very very nice and i'm cool very glad because my brother still has that autograph nice it was yeah and to to, uh circle back um (laughs) when we did see him at that book talk yeah he seemed very engaging and even when the girl asked the really pushy oh god oh yeah he dealt with it really well yeah Um, she was oh anyway Robert Webb seems like a very nice man. Uh, what is he? Cambridge educated, uh, all that. We know one of those, one of those sorts. The nineties Cambridge lot. Well, the Cambridge lot. Yeah, him and David Mitchell were together, weren't they? At yeah. Cambridge and started. Well, they footlights and all that sort of thing. Then. Yeah, bastards. Lucky anyway, one Cambridge dream. <laughs> one Cambridge dream. <laughs> um, actually, this is my second chat about Cambridge today because I was talking about uh, Cambridge disappointment with my sister earlier. Oh, anyway, for the Splinter podcast. <laughs> yeah, for the Splinter podcast. Nothing um, to do with books. So, um, so yes, he has written a work of fiction. He has Come called again. "Come Again." Um, that's what's the tagline? It's you can't fall in love for the first time twice. So the reason I picked this was mm-hmm. it is very clearly commercial fiction and we sort of tend to go for um either the classics or booker we go a bit arty we go we? a bit arty mm-hmm. i suppose um to be honest it's anything that's kind of goes through the creative writing mm. circles and this is i don't really read much straight down the middle commercial fiction like just a story start to finish this is what happens yep bash 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 um what did you think in a sentence. Mm-mm, this yeah. is going to be really hard to sum up because I, I, like I say, I only just finished it. And even when I was reading it, I was like, I'm not going to have a definitive opinion on this book. Yeah. There's three parts to this book. Part one, part two, part three. Part thanks, w- thanks for explaining how parts work. <laughs> if you have three parts, one of them's one. Hey, I, this is my function. <laughs> <laughs> so I started going, okay, I need to, even though I like Robert Webb, I'm really cynical as a slightly snobby, arty reader. I think I'm like a reading like a celebrity's book. So, mm. I, so I spent the first part going, lose the fact it, it's Robert Webb, lose your preconceptions, mm. and just take the book for what it is. And I, and I started enjoying it. I mm-hmm. thought this is good. The dialogue jars with me in some places, mm-hmm. but in general, I'm enjoying this. Part two, I was like, this is a fantastic book, mm-hmm. really, really amazing. Mm. And then I thought part three was fucking dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I really don't like to say, I'm, I'm sure Robert Webb won't listen to this, but no. there's every chance he could. If He'll a, be all right if he does. I think he's Yeah, he's I, I say this as in I totally appreciate someone's creative endeavour and someone's creative licence to do yeah. what they want. But the third section of this book I thought was really, really poor. And yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to what happens, but it, the fuck? What did you think? I mean, I so I started reading it and... All that came to mind were like, you know, the basic creative writing rules. And there's a lot of adverbs, a lot of adjectives. There's not sort of, it, you know, it, it's just very start to finish explaining what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. it, when we think of Night Boat to Tangier, where it's so arty and so mm-hmm. beautiful, yet we kind of were like, what the hell is, is happening here? Yep. Whereas this is very, someone who can clearly write, yep. knows how to communicate. Bish bash bosh, this is what the story is. So I was I was focused more on style at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and the style didn't was it, it it's funny when you sort of say it's an easy read, because it is easy to read, but there was nothing particularly compelling for me in that first section. Yep. The second section, yeah, it took I mean, I had to take a bit of a leap of faith because I'm not so I was waiting for the logic in it. So the protagonist uh, is Kate Marsden. Uh, we meet her when she is grieving the loss of mm-hmm. her husband who has died of a brain tumour. 
life is falling apart. She's suicidal. She's lost her job, um, but she has this information. Well, she works for a bullshit consultancy with a very rich guy she knows from way back at uni. Yeah. And she's got some beef where she could sink the whole operation. Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And she decides not to do anything about this and basically wants to kill herself. So she... Does she take a lot of stuff or she just falls asleep, doesn't she? Like She's just smashed as well. Yeah, because it, it, yeah, yeah. it's like she's going to have a nap or something first. And then she wakes up in part two, which is back in university, at mm. University of York in the 90s, sort of 93, 94, is that where it is? And it is 92. 92. And for me, obviously, this took quite a big <laughs> um, leap because I'm yeah. I'm not very good at stuff like that. I was waiting for sorry, I, I was waiting for the logical explanation for yeah. What's happened. It was in the mold of these like Freaky Friday films where they wake yeah. up and one's in one's body. Mm. So she just wakes up and she's her, but oh oh my god look look I'm, my she's hands are all again. young and I'm, yeah. and I'm at uni and she's she realizes it's the first day of uni and she's about to have all these experiences so she realizes mm-hmm. she's about to meet her husband for the first time yeah um but she wants to save her husband um and basically let him know that he has a tumor and then the third section is she wakes up back in normal life and she rediscovers sort of a purpose some energy and uh, then decides to go ahead and try and sort of pull down the uh, what is it the russians or something the the thing that's happening at her work basically that in, involves a disgruntled rich russian guy mm-hmm. and her rich boss yeah and w- w- i think we'll come to this because this is you know we'll, it's the third part of the book so we'll park this for later but basically ensues a russian mafia car chase through mm-hmm. london with secret agents coming out of everywhere and yeah it's like something simon pegg and nick frost film like, yes I, I mean i really want a part of it because i feel like there's so much to unpack in the first two sections but it turns into a sort of a car movie chase kind of with corny dialogue and my thought on this i mean i i'm sure were rob webb to hear this he would be like what an idiot no absolutely not but my thought is that a literary agent or an editor who obviously knows the what's the, knows the commercial potential Mm. of this book and of Robert Webb has gone this could be a movie if you put this this and this and this uh, yeah. um, and if you add the car chase that mm. sort of thing at the end you've got this as you said this freaky Friday element to it you've got a bit of the mm. love and stuff you've got something you know weird and and I it feels like a book that he's had this nice idea a beautiful idea actually when you yeah. think about it um, and then they've gone cool right now we need to add this bit here this bit here this bit here um, to make it m- even more commercial, and, and okay, I realise yeah. that's probably completely wrong. But ha- how I feel about it, especially when I read the middle section, which feels so quite authentic. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, I thought it was mesmerising. Really? Yeah. Wow. So actually, if if I can, there was mm. the, yesterday I was reading section two, mm-hmm. and so to set the scene she's in her student union so she's gone back she's been she's found her bearings with you know being in her young body and she's meeting all the people for the first time obviously she knows everything about them and she's trying not to let on and she's trying not to use references like sending a text message because it's 92 and they go what the fuck do you mean and they'd find her out um and it's actually yeah it's a really cool concept he writes it really well and there's this moment where she knows she's gonna she's coming up to the moment she met her husband for Mm -hmm. the first time luke's gonna walk in and they're gonna meet for the first time and then it 
all of it doesn't quite sit right. So she she doesn't have the book that she was reading back in the day. She's like, oh no, the moment's not yeah. going to be as it was. And then she goes to the bar to order a scrumpy Jack, and oh, we're out a scrumpy. Well, that's not right. I was, yeah. doing, and and it's and it's all kind of going wrong. But anyway, Luke comes to the bar and they start having a conversation, and she's waffling and waffling and clearly not nailing it. And then it, the chapter just ends with him going. I've really missed you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, I. Yeah, I, for I, a moment. I was floored to the yeah. point where I put the. I've not done this with a book ages. I put the book down. I went, oh, really? I got my hands on my head. Wow. I almost came in and gave you a massive hug, like oh. you were in the other room. Oh. I was just so moved. I was like, that's fucking phenomenal. I didn't yeah. see that coming. And actually, then in the next chapter, he, it turns out it was line. just a weird line yeah. and he didn't. He wasn't because I thought they were in the same reality. Do you think it, was, it was an opportunity yeah. to just go there, wasn't it? I was imagine so if they had. Honestly, it was so and that's so weird that this book, you know, made, moved me like that, like yeah. nothing has in a long time. And then by the when just third now chap- reading that third chapter upstairs, third section, sorry, upstairs, I'm going fuck me. I very much skimmed no. the last bit. Um, I mean, I yeah. you know, I, I I like you know, I liked some of the ideas. It it was very kind of sweet you know i love mm. the cabbies network i like the romance of the sort of her dad and you know who had he been so he knew mi5 didn't he, he was sort of had this cabbies <laughs> network it was quite nice but it was rather twee it was all um, very it, there was a bit where um she's 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 in the cab and there's and she's having this car chase and and her old sort of splinter love interest is um <laughs> has organised the, the cabbies to kind of escort mm. her away from the Russian mafia. And there's a moment where she goes, as she looks to the left and the taxi driver gives her a salute and she looks to the right and yeah, an old lady it's... driving the cab oh, you winks know what... at her. It reminded me of the bit in fucking Jurassic Park 4 where the dinosaur winks at him and I'm like, no, you, <laughs> this franchise is dead. It reminds... <laughs> it, you know what, actually, that reminds me because there is one bit where the... Robert Webb's kind of very egalitarian and very modern feminist view mm. slipped. And it's where he said, and she looked over and the cabbie was female or something like that. And, okay. and I'm like, dude, no. Why? You didn't say they were male. Why are you uh, suddenly saying it's a female cabbie? I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, obviously we'll let him off. But my first thought, oh, cool, he's got women. And I'm like, hang on, why are you? Why are you specifying no. that it's a woman? I hadn't assumed all the others were men. Anyway, See, that very flew straight over my misogynistic eyes. You know what? The only other thing I noticed, and um, maybe this is York, and I need to check my sister actually, but he and so York is the university. York University, at, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's just York that is different here, but I'm pretty sure that most other universities in the country start their freshers weeks the last week or two of September. And it's only Cambridge and Oxford that start it in October. And he has put about a fresh uh, October morning. And I'm like, dude, nah. Because, well, I definitely know for a fact that York now yeah. do not have freshers week. Maybe he, know, maybe, I'm sure yeah, he would have known loads of people that York and everything, and maybe he knew that for a fact. But I feel like there's a difference there. Anyway, oh, that's I'm, not, that's yeah, not me saying it's definitely true. It's, I mean, it's I something to, I want to check. I went to a university in London and basically didn't, have a freshers week you know what no. I mean they don't they do them but it's not like in like Sheffield and the real university cities where they proper go for it and yeah. the whole city is freshers week time. yeah non-campus unis are quite hard to do oh um, York I mean York don't have um, but anyway I don't know but that's very interesting actually that was my only thing yeah. I was like that's you didn't go to York you went well, to Cambridge if, if we I don't can, have a chip on my shoulder if we can um, drop our first peep show clang <laughs> um, speaking of things he's, he's I wonder if he's subconsciously weaved in there are two um, out there references but I just find that at some point Kumquat is um, in is in this book I can't remember the context but in peep show they're talk, they're arguing over the band name 
<laughs> and, and Jez goes, this is not Mama's kumquat. Like, that's, <laughs> and also, um, Professor Yaffle is um, is is in this book. And at one point, Superhands calls no <laughs> call, calls Mark Professor Yaffle. So he, he's done that clearly to like appease the Peep Show fans. Like that troll oh, should... Yeah, it has to that, be. It has or it to might be. just you know things go in your head over the years, don't they? Yeah, they? but nah, it'll be like cool. This will make the Peep Show. Is that to make nerds like me smile? I think so, yeah. Because you're in on a joke and it's the cool little, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Mrs. Professor Yaffle. I liked it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so the end bit, let's just ignore that for a bit. Yeah. Because the beauty is in that middle section, I think. It is, it is. And I would almost, just starting from that middle section, I'm like, dude, just give give us a student in the 90s. Yeah, I didn't mind the first bit that sets the scene of... You know, she's grieving and this was her relationship with her husband. I, I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it because you know me with anything <laughs> a bit grievy. I just pull buckets of tears. But yeah. but um, but um, I was like, okay. And then, yeah, no, I liked it. Mm. I, like, I like the weird, okay, oh, she's woken up back at uni. And then just how he's written that whole thing of meeting old friends. And mm, the, yeah, it was really well done. really nailed that. I think with the backdrop of normal people as well on TV and everything, I was really in that nostalgic uni place, mm. um, although this didn't depress me as much as yeah. uh, as normal people did. But I could really, because obviously, I, I mean, I went to uni, what, 10 years later than he did, maybe 11, 12. Um, so I was 2004. It was similar, you know? It's yeah. amazing how slowly that change came and then suddenly it was like, oh my God, it's unrecognisable. Yeah. Um, but I only just got a mobile when I went to uni. I didn't have a laptop. We were still on, you know, wired internet. Obviously, they would... But I had relied on computers throughout my whole university. Mm, mm. And, yeah, people queuing for the phone boxes and stuff. Like, it was just... <laughs> we still had them. Yeah, it it was a really sort of nostalgic read. But I, I really enjoyed her meeting Luke and me just hating him. Because it's like, yeah, dudes, that... like. Yeah. You can't go back to where society was and connect with it in the same way because mm. you've learnt so much. Yeah, it wasn't this perfect dream of going back mm. in time, was it? Actually, it all sort of didn't quite sit with how I remembered. Just like if any of us really did go back in time, you'd think, oh, it'd be amazing to be at uni again. But actually, you'd hear the shit people are coming out with and you'd be like, my God, did yeah. I used to laugh at that? And yeah. Did I used to think he was cool or she was you know, funny? And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I, I, I really liked that sort of... Uh, conflict that that um, the character um, Kate met with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was wonderfully done. It was very very obvious who she was gonna fall for from like the first two pages or something. You know, as soon as uh, yeah, what's the other character's name called? Sorry, Toby. Toby. That's it. So Toby mm. is 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 like the other mate at yeah. uni. But you are introduced to him in section one in the, yeah. the present. And as soon as you're introduced, like yes, yeah, obviously, a... <laughs> yeah. which fine. You know, he's like kind of. He was the one that got second bested years ago yeah. and has remained a friend. And yeah, it comes back at the end organizing MI5. It's interesting <laughs> as well because you, I mean, Luke was kind of a bit of a charming waste of space, you know, like that's the impression yeah. I get from him. I mean, earring, leather jacket, tall, <laughs> you know, lots of black hair. I mean, there's lots of no, no, was that no, Luke. Luke, yeah, Luke, Luke black the hair husband. as well. So, it's been dark, three weeks since I read, so I forgot hair. what he looked like. He, he's always like kind of. Why in my mind is he face. blonde? Um, he he always wanted a blonde girlfriend. Oh, that's it. okay, right. Um, but he, he's just supposed to be a tall, good-looking bloke with dark yeah. hair, wears a leather jacket, mm-hmm. and fancies himself as a writer. Yeah. What was really good was the um, all that shit that boys come out with trying to impress people. And when mm. you're a girl at that age, you don't know. You mm. don't realise they're just trying to impress you and they're full of hot air. Mm. 
it's so hard to see that, which is why, yeah, as women, you can literally never go back to 18, 19 mm. because you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't ever get laid. Like, no <laughs> one's, no one's attractive. <laughs> like, everyone's infuriated. Everyone's just an idiot. Like, it, yeah, if you knew at that age how much boys are literally just trying to get laid and mm. trying to impress you with, you know, stuff they don't even know, it's, yeah. And it was, um, you know, when she kept challenging him on, um, his bullshit. Yeah, on his bullshit. Yeah. What was his favorite poetry, was it, or something? Or oh, books? and she was yeah. like, what was specifically, what's your yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. poem by that guy? And he was like, oh, well, they're all good, you know. No, but which one? Uh... And he's not attracted to her because of that as well. That's mm. the thing. He, You know, yeah, guys, uh, guys like that don't want someone who calls them out. They pretend they do. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might go around universities and start handing out pamphlets on Freshers Week. I would just stay away Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss from universities at your age <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone needs a 30 year old man hanging around uh, universities you're nearly 30 it's enough uh, yeah. <laughs> stay just, I thought I was doing a nice thing for the just know. might go around universities <laughs> no <laughs> or hand out you know uh, part two of this book saying look <laughs> you might think these blokes are funny now but when yeah. you're 40 this is what you're gonna you know yeah. go back in time and think I mean, it, well, it's interesting as well because it's not just about time in terms of era, you know, 90s to noughties to, gosh, the 2020s. It is also about time in your own life and, and the difference that makes. So you've got the, the, the two sides there, whether is it simply because she's now a woman of this time and social conversations have moved on and social values have moved on? Or is it her age? You know, yeah. what, which, which of those two things is the, is the more important yeah. So you mentioned her dad earlier on, mm-hmm. um, and and he he was a, a cabbie. She had a really good relationship with her dad. Her mum, however, was a bit of a bitch mm. and stuff. Um, her dad had died in like two thousand three. That was really so touching. Sort of actually, ten years after uni, and obviously this whole part two situation afforded her an opportunity to see yeah. her dad again. Again, can't let on that no. she's in her older brain and yeah. you know knows that he's died in the future, but. How this is a really feel... weird set. Of no, no, but yeah, it is. but how did you feel reading that bit? I, I was quite, I was really touched by that. Yeah, um, really, the, really moved, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another of those things where you read a touching father-daughter thing and you're just like, nah, it's 
disagree or he's really um <laughs> he's really yeah, he's really well written as well he just yeah. seems like a really nice gentle father yeah. don't know what that's all about do you <laughs> like yeah like no, i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. know uh, what was that robert webb do you know what it's like to have a nice dad no actually you know what when we spoke when he gave that talk Oh, it was a very difficult relationship, wasn't yeah, it? I yeah, I think so. Anyway. when um, do, do you, But I always think that with you and me both having, you know, let's say complex <laughs> father relationships, complex. respectively. God. Um, but I, I, I always remember when we were gigging together out in Scandinavia. Mm. And there was that girl from like, I think she was from Birmingham. Who was who was also out there working as a singer? Oh, yeah. And her parents and came her to dad visit, was there. and her and her dad were slow dancing. Yeah, it's like just really sweet daddy and, and I was daughter. Just like, oh my god, what's that like? I remember we were going, yeah, what's how weirdos? <laughs> Never had this before. No, yeah, I mean, I had that as a kid. I remember saw a father playing with his daughter, like just a girl I went to school with, and I was just like, this is really weird. Pet fathers <laughs> don't do that. Why are you? Oh, yeah, it was just uh, anyway. And then you grow up and you realise, oh no, I'm the <laughs> just, dysfunctional just one. <laughs> But yeah, he writes a lot of things really well. There is there is an element to this that, you know, it, it is very commercial. There are some beautiful, beautiful, authentic bits in it. My overall feeling is that it is someone who is very intelligent, knows how to write, understands character, understands the nuts and bolts of a book, but has pieced together a story with maximum commercial potential. That might sound very harsh, but it's still a bloody difficult thing to do. What did you think to sort of um, a lot of the references thrown in? Because obviously this book, this is 2020, right? It was published recently. It was he, very were, um, on think... the right side of liberal kind of... Yeah. yeah the, the there Donald was a bit, Trump bashing. There was and... a bit too much in there for me, and it did take away from from the story um yeah yep. and i think anything that gives you a sense of sort of snark or yeah political jokes and that kind of thing, it it doesn't it doesn't quite work for me because it it takes me away from the story it mm. makes me go this is what the author thinks mm. and it's not really to do with the characters it, even though the characters probably think like that too mm. it yeah. just it, it adds a layer of separation um yeah, it's, it adds old, a, yeah. Yeah. it's the oldest Huxleyism we were talking about last week. It is. I mean, it's not as bad as that at no, all. No, um, no. I think reading it, I knew too much about what Robert Webb thinks. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean there was loads and loads of it, but it's like there's there's more than is needed. Mm. Um, and you, you get this actually with a lot of... God, listen to me sounding like I do. You get this with um, a lot of young writers, actually. Um, and I remember a lot of... Um, people's first works whether they're trying to do sort of um memoir or uh, you know auto fiction that kind of thing when they write younger characters or when they they're trying to be funny it's often at the expense of other people and other characters in their story and it just comes across as quite um uncharitable and snarky yeah um because it's it's not natural comedy is actually people who are people maybe who have an agenda and they want to set out their views and this mm. is the first time they've actually put them into fiction it's like no you're still kind of being a bit of a dick about um i i did that a lot when i first I wrote all say, my I think, shit i think i've been guilty of that in yeah. stuff i've i think everyone is written. um i mean i'm only pointing out it's, it's such a minor minor thing it's it's not a you know, it's nowhere near sort of Aldous Huxley levels and it's nowhere near 21-year-old yeah. trying to write a book and sort of going, well, I'm really clever. It's that I'm really clever and funny thing yeah, that yeah. some people put into books. He's, you know, it's obviously not that bad. Well, it's like, you know, if right now as an exercise, I was going to, 
you know, write a Tory character in a piece mm. because of my natural like leaning. I would write the Tories. I hope, yeah, yeah. you know, posh snob and not very nice to to, to anybody yeah. except himself. And but but actually, if I wanted to write an effective Tory character, I'd have to really get in the head yeah. and find some empathy and find some balance. Yeah, and, it has yeah. to be a full and honest character mm. and full of the complexity that people you know possess. Which obviously, you know, Robert Webb knows all of this and knows how to do it. My my main thought is it's. It's a commercial book. It would have been written to a very tight schedule. <laughs> Look how much yeah. I act like I know. I, I just keep thinking what my creative writing, tu writing tutor would be sort of saying about it. Mm. Um, there's there's a lot of tell in it and there's a lot of explaining why someone's done something. Mm. And But that's just me being very nitpicky. It's, it's a weird thing when you... Because Nightboat to Tangier, for example, mm -hmm. is fucking stunning writing in parts, like absolutely ridiculous descriptions mm. but no idea what happened um and <laughs> uh and not as reader re and not as readable as no, this i thought that the night boat's tangent was a lot of waffle I, 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 like <laughs> i say i might not have liked you know the where this went in the end mm. plot wise but actually yeah I'd, I'd much rather read this um it's funny because you would just use charles as charles hunter the example mm -hmm. so he's the um oh i've just realized why it's called a nerd yeah i was gonna say yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but um so so so, <laughs> so charles hunt is the is ends up being her boss in the present as she's an adult he was at uni with them where he was sort of the posh kid that didn't quite fit in because he didn't get into oxford or whatever it was and mm. he got a rough ride at uni but years later you know he set up this huge successful rich business consulting rich famous people and what have you um and anyway uh, she describes his body as being like blue tack or something <laughs> and i was like that's a really interesting description mm. i think i know where you are with that mm. you know like that, that's all of the point <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything else to say so this is one of these books that you read for the story and the scenes not necessarily to immerse yourself in the beauty of the writing um if that's fair or yeah, do you, I mean, I'm still trying to work out, is this actually a really good book for its audience and we are just not quite its audience? Or is it odd because we loved section one and particularly section two so much? And just, it was just a stylistic choice to go full blockbuster car chase. With yeah, the I just think we, we're reading. I think the last the last scene absolutely could have done without, uh, didn't do anything for me. But I just, I cringe at that, that kind of stuff anyway. So yeah. it did really bring out the cringe. Like I didn't want to read it. I was just being like, oh, no, don't. It's silly, isn't it? Because it was like a shootout and everything in the theatre. and it was, They ended up on the stage. Yeah. Taking a bow to the audience. It just, it went a bit too far for me. And it did. It did annoyingly sort of detract from the beauty of that middle section. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, it, yeah, it did. I... But you know, <laughs> it is what it is, and it was. Yeah. Um, I did quite like. What did you think of the very, very end? This, uh, you know, because obviously reality had split, um, and somewhere else there was another Luke in another dimension. Yeah. So you had to like when you watch the movie about time. That Richard, oh, yeah. Richard Curtis. With that, that it, yeah. with that, the time travel is not quite consistent stuff, but you just go, oh, it's just a bit of fun. Just, just the buy Donald into Gleason it. one, yeah. With yeah. His, oh, yeah, that was The nice. one with Bill Nye in it. Where Bill yeah, Nye, that was lovely. Yeah, but like that, um, I remember there was an article, I want to say it was in The Guardian, but anyway, it was 
it, it was basically talking about how just all the time travel, oh, there was all these holes in. Well, that's not true because that technically... Yeah, we that. don't time travel. <laughs> but it was a light, yeah, and it was a light-hearted film. You just have yeah. to go, okay, fuck it. They can go into the wardrobe and time travel. Yeah, and I think once I settled into that second section, I was like, cool, I'm here now, um, yeah. and that's fine. At first, I was like, oh, no, why? Um, but also, I think the, the first section could, be, could have been shorter. I actually yeah. think this whole book could have been, yeah, a much quicker short se- first section going straight into her waking up in this you know new reality and just exploring that for a bit longer and seeing where her personal development and growth comes and everything because it's yeah. a little i think her objective is a little bit confused because her objective is first to kill herself then it's to save luke then it's to do some good in the world so y- you don't quite get that single i mean i'm probably dissecting think, it a bit too I, far no i think i agree exactly with what you're saying where i would take that first section mm-hmm. yeah probably shorter but then just have a lot more of yeah. the back in time uni thing and then have almost go straight to that epilogue mm-hmm. um where you know you'd have to just jostle it about a bit for context but yeah so to the very end she's with toby the mm-hmm. all the you know the guy that was the friend all along who she was yeah. going to end up with and she discovers that luke who she subsequently saved in her traveling back in time mm-hmm. um because she did make him aware of his tumor and and you know he 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 did get it dealt with and luke has become this um what, what's the job title? scientisty doctory Scientist, researchy yeah. i don't know again medicine science i, I switch off i, I, I only it does just not make sense read to me. it um because they give like his wikipedia entries and stuff yeah and he found stuff. some really cool thing which would have explained why he saw kate the girl from the future and he's looking into quantum theory and stuff. Luke is a noted neuron neurooncologist. Neurooncologist. I went to school. So um, that's, <laughs> that's like cat brain cancer. That's like delicious microwaveable soup. <laughs> delicious microwaveable <laughs> soup. In, um, in Alan Partridge. Anyway. Um, yeah, and anyway, and so yeah, he's written a book all about his experience mm. with Kate. He's changed the names and he's got a new life in America. And anyway, she finds the book. Yeah. And... And goes, wow, so I did save him and he has gone on to do so much good in the world, Mm. even though initially why maybe I was trying to save him was so we could continue our happy life together. Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. I don't actually think it. And maybe that's a thread that got distracted by the The car chase. I just think, oh, yeah, it could have been so much more beautiful. Mm. Um, I I just wanted to stay longer Mm. with yeah that growth and that learning and maybe her finding this chance to make a difference to more people at university or something you know that um yeah because there was like a lot of friendships there yeah that and they were all interesting characters weren't they like kez Mm. um who was the the gay friend who kind of Mm, very flamboyant the one who then runs that theater that she yeah crash yeah and 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 he, there were just so many little stories there and little interplays between mm. that group of friends where I was like, this is the book. Yeah. And then when it wasn't, I was like, okay, well, I'd have taken that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, shall we have a look at reviews? One star reviews. One star <laughs> reviews. For, for anyone listening for the first time, we look at one star reviews. Irrespective of what we thought of the book, we think that people who give books one star reviews on Amazon write some really funny comments. Um, so let's, let's have a see. look. The Doctor 46. Uh, extremely poor. Extremely poor. Um, clunky, poor prose. A cliched time travel story. 
quite awful. No question of anyone who was not famous had written this. It would not be published. Okay, that's not a sentence. Nope, (laughs) nope. Shame on you editors allowing this rehash of other people's, no apostrophe, ideas through. Right. Okay. Extremely poor. That was, uh, maybe maybe his header was about his review, not about Mm. the book. Ian, predictable politics. The opening villain is the son of a conservative minister. The heroine threatens, he's put heroine in um, speech marks. The heroine <laughs> threatens to report him to The Guardian. Gave up at that point. Right. Okay. Um, I, d- the do bit- get, I do get where he's coming from. We've already sort of touched on the whole politics thing. Being where she's going to bring obvious. The Guardian. She was, right. So I don't want to get too far into it, but I work in a press office. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she goes, I'm going to get the picture desk on the phone. I'm like, fucking try. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Munn's Books says long winded drivel. I feel there's maybe a hyphen in long winded. Um, this book was purchased following a TV interview with the writer whom I love to watch. I had, though, the context. Maybe maybe there's a T in there. I had thought the context really interesting, so thought I would give it a go. Unfortunately, the book is long-winded and a load of boring drivel. No suspense in the writing and endless over-explaining. Not one to recommend. Sorry, but disappointed. Okay. Inez says, a disappointing yarn. The time-travelling element was quite well-written, but for the most part, the book was trying to be a little too trendy and right on, which became an irritation after a while. Okay. Okay. Understand I don't think it. it's trying to be trendy. I don't think it's trying to be trendy. I think it does naturally come through like some of, you know, there's a lot of modern conversation going on there. Yeah, you know, what yeah. we were talking about, the sort of anti-Trumpy, anti-Tory stuff doesn't personally bother me, no. but it doesn't feel like a, an authentic narrator. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay. Amazon customer, stolen idea from Ken Grimwood. Ooh. Hello, who? Has no one noticed how he has basically stolen the plot from Ken Grimwood's novel Replay? It's the exact same idea. Let me guess. I bet Amazon customer. I bet Amazon customer is actually Ken Grimwood. Should we find out? <laughs> Ken Grimwood replay. Let's have a look, shall we? The novel tells of a 43-year-old man who dies and wakes up back in 1963 in his 18-year-old body. Oh, shake it around there, Robert Webb. He relives his life with all his memories in- intact of the previous 25 years. This happens repeatedly with the man playing out his life differently in each cycle. The novel was a best. It's not really the same. No, and also... It's like Groundhog Day plays it on... Like, does it on... No. Well, also, what, what's the movie I mentioned earlier? Freaky Friday, where they, where they wake yeah. up and they're in each other's... Loads Big, of films do that. But Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, wakes up and he's back when he's younger. It's like, that's not a... Yeah. It's kind of annoying. It's like, get over it. All our stories are the same. It's like, like how, there's only a how few. Many, well, it's like, um, it's like seven basic types of story or something. And how, how many um, books and movies are there about going to the moon? Yeah. <laughs> Loads. Like Jules Verne allegedly Not another the first, space but... movie. Okay, right. So we don't agree with that Amazon customer. Um, it's the exact same idea. It's not the exact same idea. Uh, that's all because it is a still a relatively new book. Um, that's not too bad there. There's no real disgruntled... Well, I don't think it deserves one star is the thing. No, no, not Again, at all. Um, well, no, no, I think we agree on this that no book ever does except Catch-22. Um, <laughs> <but laughs> I... That, that, I don't know. I don't know because it's like we're giving star rating, so therefore it's possible that we would give a one star rating. Yeah. But it has to be like, like when you literally have no idea what is going on. Like the writing is un, you know, completely incomprehensible. Yeah, you'd say it would. Uh, like I'd have to read a book in German, say, for me to give it a one star. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like... the code. Yeah, but I think. 
even when we haven't enjoyed books, and there haven't been that many on, you know, on this podcast, we've mostly enjoyed the books. But even as we haven't, we've still given a fair grade because you, you know, you appreciate creative endeavor, and you, you know. Yeah, I know, but it takes up something. The principle of giving for. something a star would, mm. you know, mean that we would. There has to be books that we would actually give a one star. I think the thing is, it's just if you're going to give a one star, why? I don't know. And also, we're very prejudiced. There'd be people that we would like. If you read, I don't know, if Trump did a book and we wanted to give it a one star, like I wouldn't ever feel bad about leaving a one star review. I have better things to do with my time. Yes, like eating. But um, yeah, like there are lots of people we would just give a one star review to. So it's funny. It's funny, isn't it? It's the emotional reaction people have, and therefore they feel actually. You deserve some of this crap that you've made me feel. I'm angry having read this book, yeah, therefore yeah. you can have some of that anger back. Maybe it's some weird universe thing that people need to do to make balance things out. I don't know. Do you think that's why people are so angry in shops? <laughs> so say someone's like, you know, and I kind of, I was speaking from my own experience when I was like 16 here. You're always angry in shops. But when, what? I'm not, no, I'm really <laughs> nice to shop assistants because oh, I oh, was yeah, one yeah. and people oh, yeah. are awful. Because I just remember, you know, I'm standing behind the till, nice as pie. Lad comes in. By the way, this is like a drop in the ocean because this happens every day if you work in a shop in England. Lad comes in and he's like, the belt he bought broke when he got home. And he comes, he slams it on the till. My belt's broke. Yeah. And he's like angry at me. And I'm going, oh, I'm really sorry. And then, but then he just like, the whole time he's just arguing. Mm. And and people are like that all the time. Well, I think people always look. Because they've, you know, because because this is broken and that's causing inconvenience to me. I'm going to have a go. We're always looking for a place for our anger to go, I think. Mm. That's the thing. And when you don't have a place for your anger to go, it's quite difficult. And I think maybe Mm. if you've read a book and you're just so pissed off at it. um, I understand. I think we should probably, I don't know. um, Should point out we're not that pissed off at this book. We're not pissed (laughs) off at this book. No, no. I I, I personally (laughs) find, at the moment, I find it quite hard to read books that I would hate. But then um, I tend to sort of know if I'm going to hate a book. Well, you hated you know I mean? the post office. I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. Oh, I thought you did. No, no, <laughs> I, no. It's not what I said. Um, I hated many things about it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't do anything for me. I was glad I was challenged by it, and there were still some elements that I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, I'm almost there," but I wasn't quite. Um, I feel a little bit like the, that about the third section of this book. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was, I did, didn't get on with it at all, no. but I was glad I read it and I was challenged by it. Just because, you know, you should read things that aren't your comfort zone, aren't they? And things yeah. that you don't, you know, you should hear out what you think is a bad idea. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm probably completely wrong, but it did feel like a very commercial decision to put that bit at the end. It did not mm-hmm. feel like a natural, authentic ending to this particular story, which had so much heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of nuance and subtlety to it as well, sort of seeping through those middle pages. Um, but I just found the end, the, it just changed the whole pace and the whole tone. Huge curveball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, nice enough. Yeah. Right. What so, do we... Uh, I suppose, yeah, time for our Time for bed, verdict. isn't it? It's yeah. 20, past, 20 past 10. Yeah. What's the verdict for bedtime? So I think... Between us, we put it really well there, actually. Um, so much heart in this book, but a real curveball at the end mm. that I just couldn't get on board with. Um, so I'm, it's really hard to give this a score. So we score out of 10. Um, see, I, you know what, I'm going to go for a six. Okay. Okay, because I was, through most of it, I go, okay, this is a really strong seven. I mm-hmm. like what I'm reading. Um, and, and just 
Yeah, I thought the third section was so bad. Really, it would mark it down more, mm. but but section two is so good, it's going yeah. to maintain. So I'm going six. Yeah, I was going 6.5, actually, with the, okay, on cool. the basis of that middle section. Well, let's meet in the middle um, of 6.25. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll go for 6.5. It's nice to be nice. Uh, to be nice. nice to be nice. Yep. Um, yeah, on the, on the strength of that middle section, because I did sort of connect with it. You know, if I was, if I was one of those sort of viral, bloody article writers, I'd say, oh, it made me feel all the things. But... Um, no, it did. I, I I really enjoyed that middle section. Same, anyway. same. Good, good. Yeah. So I, I'd I'd read. You know, I assume there'll be he'll he'll write another, and I I'll, I will look forward to reading and mm. see what he does with that. Yep. Hope so. Looking forward to them. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I hope that his next books have sort of more of the middle section of this one in them because yes, um, I would like. There that. is a lot of. Uh, Beautiful stuff in there. Cool. So Come Again by Robert Webb. We're giving it 6.5. What's next? What are we doing next? The next book is uh, Death at Intervals by Jose Saramago. Saramago? I think. It's a Portuguese writer. And oh, Who's the guest? Our guest. <laughs> the only person we know from Portugal. Our, is it? Is our Portuguese friend, Ricardo. What's his full name, Curtis? Ricardo Jose Benito Deportivo La Coruña. Very good. Um, that's not his full name. I practiced it for years. <laughs> uh, our guest on that uh, podcast in a few weeks will be our good friend Ricardo, who has read both the Portuguese and the English versions of this book. So it will be very interesting yeah. to get his thoughts on it. We've only got to read the English. Only the English. Though, right? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave the Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Just not not feeling cool. at the moment. No. Thank you so much for listening to this. The I think the twelfth episode of the Dabblers Book Club, the uh, yeah. second episode of the second series. Uh, where we talked about Robert Webb's Come Again. If you would like to get in touch with us, it's Hadja or Curtis at Dabblers Book Club um, or Dabblers Books on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Leave a review. Suggest a book. Um, join subscribe. us. Subscribe. All of that stuff. Or just you know keep on listening. That'll do us very nicely. Cool. Thanks so much, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.